Welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We believe that God is awakening a generation to revival, and we hope that this podcast encourages you to know that you are loved and that God wants to do extraordinary things for and through you. Welcome to the family. I understand it's 8.30 or 8.20, and so I'll be brief. Um, and, and so I want to just say really quickly, if you're here tonight and you're, you're a visitor in the house, it's a big deal that, you're, that you showed up uh, to experience Jesus with us. Can we give our visitors a round of applause? Um, and it's also really good to see uh, some of our students back from ORU. And so uh, we got Chandler and Jordan over here. Praise Woo! God. Finally... Uh, <clears throat> Finally, in a space where the Lord can speak to him, uh, to them. So, uh, Amen. Glory to God. Uh, uh, so, uh, <clears throat> I know you can, brother. Uh, praise God for a bunch of a bunch of young people in this house, young men and young women, uh, who walk in the anointing of God, who the Lord is raising up uh, with something to say. Amen. And so, uh, tonight, if you have your Bible, I want you to. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. If you brought your Bible, can you say amen? <clears throat> if you brought your Bible, can you just hold it up? <clears throat> hold it up. And now I want you just to look around at all those people that didn't and look at them with, like, judgmental eyes. Uh, so look down your nose upon them and just take in this moment and know that you're not as bad as they are. So praise God. Praise the Lord. As long as I'm doing better than the person next to me, I'm okay. That's evil and diabolic. If you didn't bring your Bible, uh, we will have this pro- projected to you on the, um, on the Sky Bible there, or you can lean in to your neighbor. It's chilly. It's been chilly all day. I've been freezing. Um, I don't know what's wrong with my room and, at school, but it's an ice box. And it's freezing in the hallways. It was freezing in, in, the, in my vehicle on the way home. It's cold. And so, um, so if you need to get in a little close. Now, listen, if it's a female and, and it's a, we're talking about, like, you know, you understand when I say get close, that's not permission. That's not permission to cuddle. This isn't uh, cuddle time. It's not tickle time. Okay. So this is holy. We're talking about a holy um, huddle, not a cuddle. Amen. That sounds like a message right there, a holy huddle, not a cuddle. Luke chapter 2, if you found it, say amen. I'm, I uh, hope that we have a whole bunch of people who have a, the same desire as Michael tonight. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. We don't need to go through a bunch of religious calisthenics. We just want you to show up. Holy Spirit, we just want you here tonight. We just want you to minister. We just want you, Lord God, to show us, Lord, who we are and who you are. We just want you to remind us, God, that we're not forgotten. We just want you to show up tonight in this house and remind us, Lord, that there is an answer. Lord, that there is a light that shines bright in darkness, Lord. That you, Father, have come near unto earth and you hold the answer for us tonight. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Were you here last week? It look. It was. It was like. Uh, it was like somebody. Somebody. There was like a. I don't know. Explain it like maybe some Holy Ghost landmines across the place, or or a Holy Ghost grenade had had uh, exploded in the house. And so, whatever you want to do, Lord, whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, we welcome. We welcome you. The Bible says in Luke chapter two, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. You understand that Luke chapter 2 is a prophetic pattern of not just, uh, doesn't just show us um, the the historical event of of the advent of Christ, but it also also shows us a picture of what, what it will look like when, at the second advent, when Christ returns. Verse 1 says that Caesar Augustus had come to the throne. Caesar Augustus, if you, are a, if you are a history buff, you know that Caesar Augustus is not his name. His name is... Yep. The first emperor of Rome. Who was he? No, Julius Caesar uh, brought the republic to an, an end, but his grandnephew uh, welcomed the empire. Who was that? Okay, Octavian. All right, you go back to seventh grade. Octavian, okay, who took the title Emperor per- Perpetual or Perpetuous, um, and so Caesar Augustus, <clears throat> a a ruler of the nations who was also the first emperor of Rome who was recognized as God. Just flip over to Revelations, not, not tonight, but in your study, flip over to Revelations chapter 13 and take a look. Take a look at what will come at the second advent of Christ. <clears throat> in one ruler, in one nation. And Caesar is giving everybody a number because they have to be taxed. And just like it is in Luke, it will be when he comes again. Look over at Revelation and see what will be assigned in the last day, what number will be assigned. <clears throat> and so the word of God is, is relevant to where we are. The Bible, the Bible says that The Bible says that his word will never end. And so it's relevant to the past and it's relevant to today and it's relevant to our future as well. And so verse 2 says, And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Mary, who is, who is very pregnant, and she feels it. Mary, who's getting ready to deliver a decisive blow to the head of the enemy. <clears throat> Who is carrying out the prophecy 
of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. When God says to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman. When God says to Satan, she will bring forth seed and it will bruise or crush your head. Hallelujah to God. Amen. You know that the the serpent deceived Eve in the garden, but do you know that the serpent, which is the flesh that Satan took on, didn't stumble upon Eve in the garden? You know it wasn't like an accidental encounter? Do you understand? But he sought her out. And I'm just telling you that because I want you to understand and know that the enemy of your soul is also seeking you out. You could say, seeking you out. I'm sorry, I apologize. But I want you to understand that the thing that you're stumbling over, the thing that is causing you to trip, to fall, the thing that has become a stronghold in your life, the thing that was whispered in your ear, the, the, the issue that you find when you are trying to pursue after those things that are righteous, but, but, but the, 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 the grip of Satan in your life, it's not an accident. You didn't just stumble into that. But there is an enemy. His name is Satan. And the the word says that he come but to kill, steal, and destroy. And he didn't find you by accident. He targeted you. you. He come to where you were. And he's after you and your seed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's read on. Verse 6 says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. What anticipation there is when you are pregnant. What preparation there is when you are carrying something that you've hoped for and longed for and prayed for. And have been promised. What expectation. And there came a moment where. It was time. And I can't help but feel in my spirit. That there are a number of you. That have been expecting. You've been pregnant. With a move of God. And you've been been with great anticipation. uh, for, For what God is getting ready to bring forth. 
through you. Do you understand that every time you see a woman in the Bible, the woman is a picture of the church, his bride. Do you hear me? And so understand that when we're reading the story of of Mary and Joseph and, and, and the birth of Christ, understand that Mary is a picture of the church. And I wonder tonight, is there anyone in the house that senses within them that they are carrying the move of God, the answer to their school, the answer to their home? I wonder if anybody in here is sensing that they are carrying a divine move of God. They're carrying the seed of the kingdom that will crush the works of the enemy. You act different when you're anticipating it. It's not casual. It's not casual. Just uh, let me just find something to do for doing its sake. Right. It's not just doing a uh, completing a task uh, for for completing a task's sake. But everything I'm doing is in preparation for what God is is preparing to bring forth through me. I wonder what God is trying to bring forth through you. I wonder what that's going to look like. You ever thought about it? You ever dreamt about it? You ever asked God, God, what are you trying to do in me? I know you're moving. I know you're working. Oh, but I wonder what it's going to look like. You ever tried to put a name on it? You ever tried to try to to write it out or uh, or begin to picture it so that you could begin to prophesy over what God has planted, what he's purposed in you? Some of you, you've received the prophecy of God. You ought to begin to speak when the enemy comes and whispers that you're not enough, that it'll never happen for you. You ought to begin to prophesy to the wind. You ought to begin to call those things that are not as though they were. You ought to begin to declare the word of God that does not bring forth void. She brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, not Gucci, not off white. <clears throat> not Versace, Versace, Versace. Swaddling clothes. He wasn't a cool kid. He didn't come for cool kids. Did you hear me? He's in swaddling clothes. And the account says manger four different times. The point of emphasis. What can you draw? Because he came for the lowly. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't feel real qualified for the love of God. Maybe you didn't grow up in church all your life. Or maybe you did and you know you're a really good pretender and you feel pretty guilty about it. There's good news. He showed up in a manger in a low place. In a low place. Because he didn't want his people to be intimidated. He didn't show up as a king. Right. And don't look now, but the word declares that as the son is, so is the father. 
If you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. And if the Son came low, it's because God wanted us to know that He's coming low too. And so it don't matter where you're at, how low you are, how low you've been, there's a God that came lower. There's a God whose hand is outstretched this night, who if you'll but look up, He will will rescue you out of the pit. He'll set your feet upon the rock and establish your going. I'm glad that we serve a God that's not concerned about titles. He's not concerned. He's not concerned about reputation. He don't care about what what mom or dad or girlfriend or boyfriend said about you. And he don't care if what they said is true. Because he knows your substance. He knows your substance. And he knows what he created you for from the foundation of the earth. We know that. We can look at Genesis 3, 15 and, 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 and use that as solid evidence that he knows who I am, that he had a plan from the beginning, that he said to Eve herself, the very thing that beguiled you, the very thing that betrayed you, the very thing that stole you from me, daughter, I am going to use you to crush his head. Amen. From the very beginning. Watch this. And there were in the same country shepherds. Shepherds. Not the preps, not the jocks, not those with elevated status, shepherds, the forgotten ones, didn't have community. Their community was sheep. And there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. It's a prophetic picture of what it's going to be, what it's going to be like when it comes again. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, that you will find the babe to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You see swaddling clothes again. You see manger again. You know, there were a lot of shepherds out that night. But he didn't reveal himself to every shepherd. Did you ever consider that? Every shepherd didn't show up. You know who he revealed himself to? The ones that were working. The ones that were working in the field. A shepherd is actually translated from the Greek as, get this, 
pastor. It's the same word. And it doesn't say that the pastors were preaching on a pulpit, in a pulpit. It doesn't say that the pastors were working on the latest brand for the church. It doesn't say that the pastors were working on a marketing campaign for their merch. And I'm not saying those things are bad. But it's very clear that the pastor wasn't in the pulpit. He was working in the field with a sheep. And as it was here, so it will be in his second coming. And the ones that will see him when he comes are the ones, don't look now, the ones that are working. Do you hear me tonight? The ones that are working. The ones that are working in the harvest. The ones that know why they're here. The ones that know who they are. The ones that know they've been handpicked by a loving God to bring light to darkness. The ones who are loving, who are helping. Oh, you yeah, see, I'm just, I'm still working on. Uh, I'm still working on my uh, sermon series and, um, and my branding and uh, my circle of, my circle of, uh, my circle of intercessors. And when I get that figured out, I'll probably start loving people and working in the harvest. I promise that's when I'll figure it out. No, you won't. You'll always be working on your social status because that's what you're in love with. Do you hear me? Because that's what you're concerned about. You're concerned about your perception. You're concerned about the pulpit. But Jesus is concerned about a sheep. If you love me, Peter, feed my sheep. I am not addicted to work. Okay, can I get that out of the way? I'm not addicted to work. And I don't have a, a, this, this sense of I always got to be, my wife may disagree, but always got to be doing something. I'd rather not be doing anything. But I will tell you that I've got a churning on the inside of me saying, God, I don't know what you're getting ready to do, but I know you're bringing some things into alignment and it's going to be bigger than I can imagine where I can think or even ask. I don't know what you're getting ready. I don't know who you're bringing together. I don't even know who. I didn't even know Brother Scott. I knew him for a week, for a few days. I don't know what you're bringing together, but I know that you're getting ready to shake the very foundations wherewith we walk and we work, where we go to eat. God, you're going to shake things up. And I want to be a part of it God so what's the next move who do I need to call tonight who do I need to text tonight who do I need to FaceTime tonight I haven't been to bed before one because of all the people that I need to contact that I need to I want to know have you been working who have you talked to about Jesus about kingdom 
Well, I'm not a preacher. You've got a youth group where that is saturated with the presence of God. If you'll just get them here, they will encounter the living God. All you got to do is send a text. All you got to do is will be willing to, to, to turn the ignition in your vehicle and pick somebody up. Oh, I know there's a lot of yeses right now, but I know there's about two people that are willing to do it in the house. Jeez, he's angry tonight. He's an angry elf. Conferences must have been really bad. The Bible says his shepherds we're working, but you don't understand. You don't understand I'm already busy. I want you to understand that you have the capacity to do a lot more than you're doing right now. Every single person in here, myself included. You have the capacity to do more, and I'm not talking about doing more for more sake. I'm talking about people are dying. We have a church world that's teaching Holy Spirit is optional. And if he comes, if he doesn't come, it's okay. All I know is if he's not here, we don't have a church. And I don't care how many fill this, fill this auditorium or the next big one. If Holy Spirit's not there, you've got nothing more than some memorials and tombstones and a valley of dead bones. I say, give me Holy Spirit. Give me more Holy Spirit. A church world that says Holy Spirit is, is optional. A church world says that suicide is a viable option if, if times get dark for you. I tell you, the God that I serve has come to bring life and not death. To bring peace and not depression and hopelessness. To bring joy in the place of your sorrow. And the Bible says the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. And every time we see night in the scripture, it's a picture of difficult times. And so we see shepherds that are working and shepherds that are working when it's hard. I know it's hard, but I know that they that wait upon the Lord... They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and soar. They that wait upon the Lord. Why is this waiting? I think that looks a lot like rest. You don't understand anything about the context of what David was saying. 
Waiting looks a whole lot like working towards the end at which he promised and refusing to relent, refusing to give up and refusing to turn back on his word. And so I'm going to work. I'm going to work for the Lord because I know he's coming through for me. I know he's not turned his back on me. I know he's not forgotten his promise. I know in, I know in him there is no shadow of turning. I know that he's not a man that he, that he should lie. I know that he keeps watch over his word that he might perform it. I know his word declares that he esteems his word above his very name. And so the shepherds teach us that if we're going to see him when he comes again, we better be working. Here's what's so bizarre. Can I just drop this in here really quick? Do you know the shepherds were not the priests of the day? They were shepherds. But do you know that there were priests? And if we read, if we read Matthew's account, the Bible would talk about the Magi, and it'll talk about the priests, and it'll talk about, it'll talk about King Herod asking where this Messiah was. The priests knew where, they, where the Messiah was. They'd been known for 700 years because it was prophesied in Malachi. That he would come from Bethlehem. And so the priest knew. Sure, he's in Bethlehem. Interesting. Because the priest didn't go. Interesting because the priest didn't go. Bible says that the shepherds watch this verse 13 and suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace good will towards men and it came to pass as the angels were gone away watch this the shepherds said one to another let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. You know what obedience is? Obedience is action with the knowledge that you've received. When nobody else is around. The angels left. The glorious moment was over. And it was just them and their sheep again. The smells. The loneliness reoccurring. The doubts and self-doubts reoccurring. Angels were gone, and what did they do? Obeyed. Oh, it's easy. It's easy to make declarations at an altar. In an environment like this, that's not obedience. What about when you leave this place? When all of this is gone? The shepherds obeyed. And they didn't just obey, they obeyed. The Bible says they came with haste, with intention, 
we're rushing. We've got to get there. We've got to see the Messiah. We've got to see this Jesus, this promised one. The priest knew and didn't move. The priest knew and would never see him. Knowledge does not equate to, to, to relationship. They knew. You should study. You should want to study. But studying the word without doing the word is a little paradoxical. I'm a preacher, and I've got a sermon. I'm a pastor. I'm a bishop. Man created those titles. Every title in Scripture is a title of servanthood, not of some position of power. It's a title of description of how you're serving. Do you understand? So I wonder tonight, in this Advent season, what has Holy Spirit shown you? How has he come into your life? And what's been your response? Thanks for checking out the Haven Youth Church podcast. If this message encouraged you, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and even consider sharing this podcast. Reach out to us on social media at Haven Youth Church. Break the flow, be the change.